Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 And Jane Pickett from the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joins us in studio. Good afternoon to you. Hi there. And you are very welcome. Let me get straight into questions. And I promise, because this question came in last week and I didn't get around to it, um, a gentleman who is thinking of getting a Basset Hound lives okay. on his own mm-hmm. is firstly having a problem locating a Basset Hound obviously doesn't want to go anywhere near puppy farms mm-hmm. is looking for advice or recommendations or is a Basset Hound is it a good idea for a person living on their own a gentleman living on his own well as regards Basset Hound's personalities yeah they're nice little dogs so they are they're a bit of a slob they can be at times but at the same time they can be fairly territorial in their own way can they? I, I know a few characters I've met over the years and they make their voices known if they if they don't particularly like somebody or if somebody's coming near the house they're, they're quite good guard dogs right. in their own way and you so would they you be a good one dog and their own dog Potentially they could be. I think my main concern really would be, now there's lots of, may I preface this with saying, there's lots of lovely Basset Hounds out there, right? And lots of ones that aren't affected by major health problems. But they do come along with a little bit of baggage maybe to be aware of before you go down that route. Basset Hounds, they obviously have very long ears. um, So they can be a little bit more prone to ear issues over time and that's something we really need to keep an eye on there's a lot of skin folds as well um, and we can sometimes get let's say a little infections very much like if we had lots of loose skin it's kind of wet and moist usually in kind of their folds mm-hmm. um, and they can sometimes get a little dermatitis um, and that's quite common in them one of the main issues however is their eyes sometimes if you imagine if you imagine the little basset hounds with all of their their kind of characteristic loose skin around the face yeah. sometimes they can have quite drooping eyes now this is some of them okay. okay and that makes them a little bit more prone to eye infections and eye problems long term so now I say there are you know lots of healthy basset hounds out there I'm sure but there are a subsection of them that may suffer from some of these health issues so like you need lots, to keep like, that in yeah. mind yeah how, do you, how in do you mind. know then that you're going to a good breeder you know, it's really difficult these days. It really, really is. I think my first protocol would be to contact your local vet. See if they know anybody in the local area who breeds basset hounds, if that's the route you want to go down. Um, they'd be the first protocol because we'd normally know the breeders in our area um, and certainly know, you know, 
what was available around. Now, Bassett Hounds are rare enough these days, so they may not necessarily know one in their local area. I'm, I, I certainly don't in my mm. local area anyway. My second port of call would be maybe to call the Irish Kennel Club because they usually have lists of breeders in the, in the region um, and they'd be registered with those. Usually they're, they're reputable. I think the same rules go for buying any puppy or any dog. Go and see the pup with its mum in the place where it's kept. And don't be fobbed off with no. an excuse as to why you can't go. Absolutely. Yeah. If you are or they try and be a little bit reluctant about letting you see the pup with its mum then walk away um, I think it's better safe than sorry um, and I think certainly let's say supporting or buying pups from places that are maybe so good with their practices is only fueling the fire mm. um, so I would really be careful but what I would say is I wouldn't get too hung up on the breed um, I think sometimes a bit of a Heinz 57 is, is the best solution, to be honest. Like every, lots of breeds have specific health problems and certainly having a crossbreed is not going to eliminate all of that. But certainly you have a little bit of, let's say, hybrid vigour. They tend to be a little bit more robust yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think a lot of the time, particularly if you're living on your own, I think the best pal for you would probably be a rehome dog. Yeah. Um, I go on and on about it, mainly because I have some rehome dogs myself. But like if Everyone you put the, says yeah, it. If Everyone you put the time it. into them, they will give you love back in bundles, love and companionship. And I think if you're in a situation where you could rehome a pet, that would be the, the ideal route to go down. OK, actually, I, and we didn't get a chance. I will try and play it tomorrow. I'm just seeing on time. I won't, I won't get a chance. Now, I've been sitting on this all week. It's from a Noel Fitzpatrick, you know, the super vet, the mm-hmm. Irish guy who mm-hmm. works over in England who does all the bionic ah, uh, yes. bits and pieces. He put up a poem about, um, it's, he, he doesn't even know who wrote it. It's called Just a Dog. And it's just that connection when somebody has a connection with a yeah. dog. And it's, it's, it's quite it's, special. It really oh. is. I, I'll try and play it out tomorrow. I'll get you on Paul to remind me. I just won't get a chance to play it today. Anyway, straight into, back into questions. Um, um, good luck, by the way, to, to yes. that person that wants the dog, the basset hound or whatever hound you get. Tom says, hi, I have a golden retriever dog. After losing his hair from scratching, I've gone to a couple of vets. Uh, they failed to cure him. I'm cleaned out from paying for all different treatments. I'm now wondering, would there be any homeopathic remedies that might help? OK. The, the scratching so- is such a... A it's, huge problem yeah. trying to get to the bottom of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's really difficult. Um, there can be a huge number of things that can cause scratching, whether it be parasites or allergies or, let's say, being in contact with something that's irritating the skin. There can be a huge amount of things that cause itching. Now, I know it can, it can unfortunately become quite expensive, particularly if it isn't, let's say, a particularly common thing that's going on with your little dog's skin. The one thing I would say is the one thing that concerns me is that you've tried a few different vets. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But the one thing I'd say is we as vets find nothing more challenging than, let's say, not getting to follow out a diagnostic plan for our pet. I think sometimes, particularly with diseases that are quite difficult to diagnose and control, faith and loyalty to one vet and letting them kind of work methodically through a plan particularly with something like skin disease is really important because if you go around lots of different other vets we're all kind of starting from scratch then and it's quite a difficult thing and like in the end of the day I think there's with skin particularly there's no instant fix Mm. There's really not. There isn't one tablet um, that you can give and no, take away that you want not, to be fine. There's yeah. not. Um, sometimes, uh, particularly with dogs and different medicines for itching itself, some respond really well to one and not to another. And there's no particular way of predicting that. But also the underlying cause of the itch. What is that? And just making sure that you kind of trust your vet to go down the route of doing any diagnostics, whether that's, let's say, sampling some of the cells on the skin or taking a little biopsy or maybe even doing some blood tests, really depending on what's going on with your dog's skin and what the vet thinks is a 
appropriate at that time. And I know certainly from my point of view, I like to work through things methodically, doing the least invasive things first, working up to the more invasive, should they be required. I think it's not fair to financially, let's say, put an owner through something unnecessary or the dog. So normally I take things step by step and I would like to think that the vast majority of my veterinary colleagues would do the same. So I think if you move between too many vets, it's a difficult thing. You're starting all over again. So I think... And you you can get to the bottom, but it's just going to take time. It just takes time. It takes time and I think Find the vet that you trust the most and stick with them. Let them work through it. Okay. Um, and I think it'll probably all work out well for you and your pet in the end. But I understand it can be really, really frustrating. Okay, I have a lurcher dog, male, two years old. Very hard to put weight on him. I have wormed him, um, but that doesn't seem to be the issue. Any suggestions? Mm. Lurcher dog. They're, they're thin dogs. They, are. They, they do tend to be on, let's say, the skinnier side, as it were. I think you've done all of the right things in worming him. I would pop him to the vet, pop him on the scales and get your veteran nurse to body condition score him. So it's something that we do to, let's say, I suppose, it's like ourselves. We can all weigh different things depending on how much muscle mass we do how much exercise we do what age we are and that might not let's say be reflected on the scales so much um so one way can mean a lot of different things depending on how much muscle mass you have so i would get them to do a body condition score and that's where we assess really on a scale of either one to five or one to nine depending on what system we use whether they're underweight ideal or overweight and it could be possible that it's because it's a lurcher that the dog could be the ideal weight it's just the owner looks Thinks yeah. he's looking a bit thin. And I think as well, you're doing all of the right things and I think making sure they're wormed and making sure they're being fed the right amount for their weight. So, you know, the guide on the back of the pack of what food you're feeding um, is is a good idea. If not, consult your vet or your nurse. We love to give nutritional advice, to be honest. We're often sad that we don't get asked about it more because there's a huge amount of things we can do to help, whether it be obesity in pets or being underweight. There's a lot of advice we can give. Um, I would just make sure that there's nothing else going on. Let's say if there's any vomiting or diarrhea or poor appetite, a good health check with the vet to make sure there's not an underlying cause. But I think other than that, sometimes we're kind of pre-programmed to think that a dog that's normal sometimes is underweight because what we're used to seeing everywhere are generally normal to overweight dogs I think it's a staggering figure over 50% of dogs are overweight now to be totally but, honest but you'd know, you'd know looking sometimes at dogs yeah. I keep passing yeah. a Jack Russell and bless his his or her <laughs> heart her tummy's nearly on the floor absolutely and it's a massive massive issue and I think I suppose being underweight is an issue in itself but being overweight it's on the worse. flip side is a real concern and it's kind of very much like in humans it's it's an epidemic now it's becoming a real real big problem with dogs and cats as well um, it leads to all kinds of different diseases in later life it's more strain on the joints um, and, as I, well and as I'm assuming like with humans if they're obese they're not going to yeah. live as long no it yeah. does shorten their life expectancy and it leads to it puts extra stress on the joints the heart all the internal organs it can lead to things like diabetes it's a huge 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 issue and I think unless we begin to do something to tackle that as a society very much like in humans we're in big trouble Um, so I think we are kind of pre-programmed to think that uh, let's say fatter dogs are normal so I think you know, we need to kind of reevaluate our standards yeah. for what is normal. Okay, query for your vet, please. What would be the cause of my dog, 15 years of age, collapsing when I take him out for a walk and then having no control of his waterworks? But then he comes around again and he seems okay. Oh, right. Um, there could be a few things going on here. Okay. Um, we're an older dog, certainly at 15, is that right? Yeah. 
um, I suppose like ourselves is kind of you know old age frailty a little bit he might not be able to handle as much exercise as he did previously um certainly a, a full-on collapse when he's out whether that's let's say falling down in exhaustion or fainting so not being conscious both of those things are a major major issue particularly if he's losing let's say control of the waterworks um, and peeing and pooing himself i think regardless of the cause and regardless of the appearance pop to your vet you definitely need to have a health check um there are lots of different causes of let's say collapse fainting and whether even maybe it's just there's too much exertion for the amount of let's say strength your little dog has but i think there's lots of serious causes many of which can be helped and managed which can cause this kind of appearance when out on walks um i think one of the top ones really sometimes would be heart disease very much like in in Mm. older humans um and that can lead to uh, uh, you know major exercise intolerance not being able to manage the exercise as we once did and there's lots of things we can do to help out with that okay um so i think definitely visit your vet um if you can get a little video of one of these episodes that's really helpful for us um sometimes there's lots of characteristic things we can see around an episode of collapse which can kind of give us the hallmarks of what might be going on so a video is really helpful but i wouldn't hesitate in visiting your vet okay Ian in Middleton uh, is worried about his terrier uh, who has what he describes as quite a long tail. He hasn't noticed it in other similar in other type breeds. Should he be concerned about a long tail on a terrier? Five year old male neutered. Oh, I think not. I think you should be proud that your terrier has a lovely long tail. They used to cut them off for one. They've stopped all that. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And I think it's beautiful. I love seeing long, long tail dogs coming through my doors now. It'll give them a great sense of balance as well as everything else. Um, So, no, I wouldn't be concerned as long as there's, let's say, no lump or bump. And that's been his normal length of tail for his life. I wouldn't say there's any issue. Okay, and Joan in McCroom has a female Jack Russell, one and a half years old, neutered, weighs five and a half kgs. She feeds her 100 grams of dry nuts a day, split into two meals. Mm -hmm. She seems a bit on the thin side. Very energetic, spends a lot of time running around outside during the day, should she be worried. Five and a half Mm -hmm. kgs. For, for a, a one and a half year old. Yeah, for a fi- for uh, Jack Russell as well. That's not a, not too out of the ordinary. Again, it kind of comes down to body condition, really, um, because the number on the scales doesn't necessarily reflect what we have. Um, I would say, again, visit the back of the pack um, of whatever dog food you're feeding um, and see what the recommended amount is for your, your weight of dog, as it were. But what I would say is if you have a very active dog altogether, going on lots of crazy walks and running around like a, you know, jumping out of her skin entirely she may need extra calories so you might need to just gently edge up the food for uh, and again bit. it's a bit like humans if we do more exercise mm. we'll burn more calories it's, exactly it's, it's exactly the same and I think that's one thing I suppose on the back of the pack the recommended amounts for your dog are a good starting point but they're not they're not kind of it's only a guide yeah it's a guide it's not a rule um, and is that yeah. why then as the dogs are getting older like our 15 year old would would if that dog wasn't walking as much would they get less food then I would yeah I would suggest yeah. so um, I think it's all kind of based on their activity their requirements their age and stage of life and having appropriate feeding is really important for example like making sure a puppy is fed puppy food versus adult food is very important because lots of them contain different levels of vitamins and minerals and nutrients mm-hmm. just appropriate for the life stage and particularly senior diets as well they have a different amount to protein, vitamins, minerals. Sometimes they even have little joint supplements like ourselves. We take, let's say, glucosamine and things like that. There's avail- there's ones like that available 
on the market that are, are suitable for that life stage. So I think just tailoring the amount of food they have to the amount of activity they have, preventing both obesity and being underweight is a mm. real challenge. It's like kind of trying to find that sweet spot. One thing I would say is visit your vet. Um, we're more than happy to help with all these kind of things. Yeah, you can. And yeah. as you say, just if, when Joan is at the the vet's next, you know, next time she's bringing him along for a shot yeah. or whatever, just put him pop, pop him on. But five and a half kgs, you, you think it sounds pretty much okay? I think it sounds pretty much okay. And when she pops into the vet the next time, the best thing you can do actually is take a little photo of the recommended amounts on the back of your dog food pack and what dog food you're taking, and have a little discussion with your vet or nurse mm. about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Listen, pleasure as always. Thank you for that, Jane. Thank you. Have a lovely week, and we'll talk again next week. That is Jane Pickett from the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colours to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.